Section 30 of Word Portraits of Famous Writers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nemo. Word Portraits of Famous Writers. Edited by Mabel E. Watton. Charles Dickens, 1812 to 1870. From Forster's Life of Dickens. Very different was his face in those days from that which photography has made familiar to the present generation. A look of youthfulness first attracted you, then a candor and openness of expression which made you sure of the qualities within. The features were very good. He had a capital forehead, a firm nose, with full wide nostrils, eyes wonderfully beaming, with intellect and running over with humor and cheerfulness, and a rather prominent mouth, strongly marked with sensibility. The head was altogether well-formed and symmetrical, and the air and carriage of it was extremely spirited. The hair, so scant and grizzled in later days, was then of a rich brown and most luxuriant abundance. And the bearded face of his last two decades had hardly a vestige of hair or whisker. But there was that in the face, as I first recollect it, which no time could change, and which remained implanted on it unalterably to the last. This was the quickness, keenness, and practical power, the eager, restless, energetic outlook on each several feature, that seemed to tell so little of a student or writer of books and so much of a man of action and business in the world. Light and motion flashed from every part of it. It was as if made of steel, was said of it. Four or five years after the time to which I am referring, by a most original and delicate observer, the late Mrs. Carlyle, what a face is his to meet in a drawing-room, wrote Lee Hunt to me the morning after I had made them known to each other. It has the life and soul in it of fifty human beings. In such sayings are expressed not alone the restless and resistless vivacity and force of which I have spoken, but that also which lay beneath them, of steadiness and hard endurance. 1838 From J.T. Fields, Yesterday's With Authors how well I recall the bleak winter evening in 1842, when I first saw the handsome, glowing face of the young man, who was even then famous over half the globe. He came bounding into the Tremont House, fresh from the steamer that had brought him to our shores, and his cheery voice rang through the hall as he gave a quick glance at the new scenes opening upon him in a strange land on first arriving at a transatlantic hotel here we are he shouted as the lights burst upon the merry party just entering the house and several gentlemen came forward to meet him ah how happy and buoyant he was then young handsome almost worshipped for his genius belted round by such troops of friends as rarely ever man had coming to a new country to make new conquests of fame and honour surely it was a sight long to be remembered and never wholly to be forgotten 
the splendor of his endowments and the personal interest he had won to himself called forth all the enthusiasm of old and young america and i am glad to have been among the first to welcome his arrival you ask me what was his appearance as he ran or rather flew up the steps of the hotel and sprang into the hall he seemed all on fire with curiosity and alive as i never saw mortal before from top to toe every fibre of his body was unrestrained and alert what vigour what keenness what freshness of spirit possessed him he laughed all over and did not care who heard him he seemed like the emperor of cheerfulness on a cruise of pleasure determined to conquer a realm or two of fun every hour of his overflowing existence that night impressed itself on my memory for all time so far as i am concerned with things sublunary it was dickens the true Boz, in flesh and blood, who stood before us at last, and with my companions, three or four lads of my own age, I determined to sit up late that night. 1842 From The Cowden Clark's Recollections of Writers Charles Dickens had that acute perception of the comic side of things, which causes irrepressible brimming of the eyes and what eyes his were large dark blue exquisitely shaped fringed with magnificently long and thick lashes they now swam in liquid limpid suffusion when tears started into them from a sense of humour or a sense of pathos and now darted quick flashes of fire when some generous indignation at injustice or some high-wrought feeling of admiration at magnanimity or some sudden emotion of interest and excitement touched him. Swift glancing, appreciative, rapidly observant, truly superb orbits they were, worthy of the other features in his manly, handsome face. The mouth was singularly mobile, full-lipped, well-shaped, and expressive, sensitive, nay, restless, in its susceptibility to impression that swayed him or sentiment that moved him he who saw into apparently slightest trifles that were fraught to his perception of deeper significance he who beheld human nature with insight almost superhuman and who revered good and abhorred evil with intensity showed instantaneously by his expressive countenance the kind of idea that possessed him this made his conversation enthralling his acting first-rate and his reading superlative End of section 30